0: FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our series on Catholic musings, a series that has me kind of talking about uh, some things that have struck me this past week. And our night together has also turned into a time where I respond to a question or two. And so we will do that uh, once again this evening. But before I do that, I did just want to continue to welcome all of you. Who are listening to uh, Seeds of Truth. As always, I'm looking at my grid, and I see that you are listening in the countries of Mexico and Canada, Argentina, Brazil, uh, Chile, Western Europe, Italy, Portugal, Spain, France. I welcome all of you, those also listening in Ukraine, Turkey, India, China. It is a great joy that you are taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into Seeds of Truth, this radio programming that is simply about one thing, faith-seeking understanding, which is, of course, what but theology. That is the great definition of theology, fides corns intellectum, faith-seeking understanding. And we route all of our discussions in faith and reason. So with that, you do have a couple questions for me this evening, and I, I definitely appreciate these questions, because they come from your heart, and so I want to honor what is in your heart and respond carefully to what is in your heart. Uh, the questions are as follows: Could have Judas been forgiven? ooh, that's a big question. Could have Judas been forgiven, and if so, you ask, "Could have Satan been forgiven? Mm. Uh, these are two very provoking, provocative questions now. To set this up, I think we ought to briefly reflect, I think, into the greatness of God's love, His infinite mercy. Remember how, I've, how I have talked about this before, that God's love is limitless. What do I mean when I say that? Well, uh, maybe think about the stuff of earth. Maybe the sands on the seashore. Maybe recently you've been to the beach. And as far as you look left and as far as you look right, you see nothing but grains of sand. And maybe you say to yourself, there's no way we can count all the grains of sand. But if you pulled everyone together, I suppose over time you can count all the grains of sand. Not I suppose, you can. Why? Because sand is limited. There's actually a limit to the grains of sand there's a finite number to the grains of sand. Or maybe one might think of the stars in the sky, the millions of stars in the sky. Is it possible to count all the stars in the sky? Sure it is. Of course it is. Why? Because those are finite. How about water, right? 80% of the earth is made up of water. How many gallons and gallons of water do we have here on this planet we call Earth? Well, I don't know. I'm sure scientists have estimates, but could we count to the finest detail? Sure we could. Why? Because it's finite. This opposed to what is infinite, huh? God, and God is love. You can never exhaust, per se, God's love, and God's love Is merciful. Which is to say, when we go to God with our worst, God comes to us with his best mercy. And the result is that God reminds us that we are better than our worst. That there is no one sin, not even the sin of killing the Son of God, that is unforgivable because that would suggest that God's love is what but limited. And as discussed, that is impossible. There is nothing in God that is lacking in gift, if we ask, even for Judas. In fact, it is in light of the greatness of God's mercy that he is ready and willing to run to the aid of the sinner. What did Jesus say? I have not come for the righteous, but for the sinner. My dear friends, the essence of God's limitless love, the essence of his mercy, reaches out to the soul who is suffering and lost, right? Here, we ought to be reminded that it was the thief that stole heaven from the clutches of hell, huh? And could we not say that it is repentance, the repentant soul that accesses this grace and mercy of Jesus Christ? One thief repents, the other thief does not. One soul hears those words, today you will be with me in paradise. The other does not. So you ask me, could have Judas been forgiven? Yes. The simple answer to that question is yes. I just gave you a reason why. (laughs) Now, that being said, what about the other part of the question? Mm -hmm. Could Satan have been forgiven? Now, I think to properly respond to this question, we have to make a distinction in how we think about time and being, okay? So what do I mean? Angels are infinite beings, and while they have free will, their choices have infinite consequences, okay? So for that reason alone, really drawing that parallel out to a simple truth, they cannot access God's mercy. Infinite beings in their choosing have infinite consequences. Now, this is opposed to man who is a what-but-temporal being, okay? Sure, while there can be infinite consequences for sure without repentance, as we just discussed, because of the gift of repentance for finite beings, the temporal being can attain mercy. So the question, can Satan be forgiven, once cast in the light of time and eternity, I think has its necessary context. To which the answer is unequivocally, no. No. So the distinction there for purposes of clarification is how we think about temporal being and infinite being. Okay, that's the stuff of Thomas Aquinas. All right, for all of this discussion on good and evil, great questions, by the way. I think it is providential that our musing for this evening has us reflecting into how God can take the worst-case scenario and ultimately transform it into a good. Recently, my friends, a most unexpected thing happened to me. Uh, First gut-wrenching, then illuminating. And this was just in a span of maybe 10 to 15 minutes. You see, my friends, my wife texted me a change of address for our kids' piano performance. The address was 556 Valambrosa Avenue. Just past the post office, she texted me. Easy enough, I thought I know where the post office is at. So as I was driving by the post office, it slowly dawned on me where this performance was located, their piano performance. Suddenly, I was beginning to feel a pit in my stomach. I no longer Needed the address number. You see, my friends, I remembered first driving up to this building, oh, probably 20 years ago, but under far different circumstances. I had been with approximately 10 others to participate in a prayer vigil in front of this building, a building where abortions were being performed, Planned Parenthood. I had not been at this location since I left Chico for Steubenville back in 1997. Fast forward 22 years, and now my children. We're going inside this building. This made me incredibly uncomfortable. I began to pray for insight into this very unconventional matter. On the one hand, I did not want to make a mountain out of a molehill, so to speak. But on the other hand, this was a building where the Holocaust of abortion was in full effect. Incidentally, my friends, my hometown here in Chico, California has one of the highest abortion rates per capita in the country. So as my children and I were walking towards the door, the memories of prayer vigils were washing over me. And what was a pit in my stomach soon turned into full-on nausea. Okay, I continued to pray and sensed God tugging on my heart, as if to say, pay close attention to what you will hear when you walk through these doors. I walked through the door listening attentively, and what I heard were children learning how to sing and play various musical instruments. From chopsticks on the piano to Amazing Grace on the violin, suddenly my heart was being moved. The whole reality of what was before me was overwhelming. A location where Satan had nestled in so comfortably in our society, which had given impetus to a culture of death, has now become a place where children sing, giving impetus to new life. You know, St. Thomas once spoke of music as pleasure to the ear and a delight to the mind, something that awakens the soul. As I sat there playing with my children, I could not help but think the specific location where thousands of children were slaughtered is now the very location where children roam learning the language of a soul, a language of the soul. Indeed, what I was hearing was pleasure to the ear and a delight to the mind and heart, I'll add. Brothers and sisters, be assured of this. The great apostle Paul was right when he said, Where sin arises, grace abounds all the more. Romans 5.20 As I sat there playing with my kids, God reminded me that he can bring life out of the darkest of places which is to say what happened on the cross happened on Valambrosa Avenue. And I, for one, am eternally grateful. God is good. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.